Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Command Station, this is ST-321, code clearance blue. We're starting our approach to deactivate the security shield. Security deflective shield will be deactivated when we have confirmation of your code transmission. Stand by. You are clear to proceed. We're starting our approach. to episode 124 of Full of Sith. I am the Mike Pilot. With me, everyone, all my co-hosts tonight, Amy Ratcliffe, Brian Young, Bobby Roberts, Full House. Lots to discuss this evening. We're going to hear about Amy being out at uh, Comic-Con and Brian, uh, a multitude of other things like what? Um, so we, we're going to be talking about Chuck Wendig and the Aftermath era. Uh, they they released some, some stuff there. We're going to be talking about toys. We're going to be talking about uh, Amy Schumer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh yeah there's there's lots to talk about uh even stuff just left over from comic-con which was a bomb of things to talk about like it went off and now we're here yeah bobby what do you want to discuss first this week well um we talked quite a bit about all the stuff that came out of comic-con last week uh as brian said it was a comic bomb and the shrapnel flew everywhere and we lovingly willingly threw ourselves in front of every little sharp piece of pop culture that embedded itself in our skin and we we sort of rubbed ourselves oh good all this pop culture everywhere but the person who threw herself on that grenade the most out of all of us was Amy Ratcliffe. Uh, Amy, can you give us a, a little update as to uh, what your adventures were like in San Diego? I can. You know, weirdly enough, I didn't do anything Star Wars-y. I, I couldn't because of my schedule. You, uh, did, other than- you did Comic-Con correctly then. <laughs> <laughs> I covered a lot of television for IGN, and I did some live streaming with Fandango where I played tour guide on Periscope, and that was really fun because mm-hmm. I would be walking around the convention center anyway so this way i just walked around and rambled endlessly <laughs> and got paid for it so that worked out pretty well periscope <laughs> was a really big thing out of comic-con huh yeah there was a lot of periscoping happening uh they wouldn't let you do it in panel rooms but you know walking around the exhibit hall or all the stuff they have outside that was fair game so that was kind of fun like it's a fun way to bring the comic-con experience to people who've not been there because it is just it's a circus Sometimes not in the great times in like the smelly gross. Well, you know what? A lot of times in the smelly gross circus way. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I honestly didn't hear anything about it until Bobby brought it up last week. About Comic-Con? No, about the uh, Periscope. Oh, Periscoping. I was like, how did you, what? Um, <laughs> but I covered a lot of television panels. So I was unfortunate. Well, I didn't have, I, I just gave up the dream of trying to get in that Star Wars panel because uh, I didn't have time to wait in line because of work. And I know I don't have 
like, I don't have rank for that. Cause people were just like, you should be in there. I'm like, who do you think? I'm like, no, I don't have those connections. Uh, well, but Amy, so then I asked her. You're Amy Radcliffe. Amy, yeah. Amy, have you ever thought that maybe you should just try pulling that rank once or twice just to see if anyone could stop you or should stop you? No, I'm a you should give it. She's a give nice a Midwestern stop. girl. What's, She's not going to do it, Bobby. Well, what's the worst that's going to happen? I mean, they'll someone, say no. Yeah, they'll say no. no that's and, not the and worst someone, thing. Yeah, and, and someone might, you know, whisper or rumble about it. And it'll be one of those things that a bunch of podcasters all know about, but no one's actually brave enough to bring up on the air. So it won't, it's not, it's, it's like it wouldn't have even <laughs> happened anyway, you know? So don't, don't worry about it. Pull the rank. Pull the rank. I'm agreeing with Bobby on this one. <sighs> yeah. It's not I, uh, because I was, I was filled with a little, oh, not a little. I was so happy for people that were at that Star Wars concert, but also a little bitter and <laughs> extremely <laughs> jealous. So I was like, I, oh. I would like to, to uh, third that motion that uh, it's always better to ask for something. Uh, especially like that to see if you can cover it. I mean, you know, you know, the right people who you could have asked and said, Hey, I'd still like to cover this, but I've obviously got way too much to cover. How could I get in there? And, uh, everyone loves you. So the worst they could have said is we, we can't do that, but we'd have loved to. The best they could have said is come on in, Amy duck under this rope here. (laughs) Well, we did allow True. someone else from another publication to be in, but you are better than they are, and they kind of suck. So we're just going <laughs> to go ahead and tell them that they can kick rocks because Amy Ratcliffe needs to be up in here. Yeah, that, that would happen. <clears throat> I know from out at of, out, out of Celebration, a couple people who d- don't have the uh, connections that you do, Amy, tried that. And in some instances, it did work. So I think in your nice Amy Ratcliffe way, you should try it next time. I should. I definitely should because... That would have I would have really liked to experience the panel, yes, but especially that concert just looked tremendous and like one of those once in a lifetime sort of fan experiences. Well, what kind of what kind of really cool Star Wars stories uh, do you have just from walking the floor? Because there's quite a bit of uh, Star Wars presence at Comic Con uh, just in and of itself. You don't have to go to a panel. You don't have to like even approach the booth. You can just sort of stand still in the middle of comic-con and have a bunch of star wars go you know flying by you did did you see any like really cool cosplay did lightsaber fights break out uh for no reason did stars sort of wander across your 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 view um none of those things however (laughs) (laughs) uh, i did see actually it's weird i didn't see a ton of star wars cosplayers this year except for uh there's a guy who's part of the rogue rebels that does the best Quinlan Boss costume, Boss costume I've ever seen, mm. and I ran into him. But I did do the Force for Change. I participated in that on Saturday, uh, Friday. That's nice. And got a yeah with UNICEF and uh, Steve Sansweet did it, and Ashley Eckstein and my friend Rourke, who wore his First Order trooper, and we wore uh, some somebody else too. And we wore bands all day. And for every so many steps you took, you got a kid point. Every so many kid points earned food packets. That's cool. So that was a fun thing to be part of and very rewarding. I was not a day. I, unfortunately, I was in panels a lot that day and didn't get a walk as much as I would have liked. But like I, that kind of stuff was very rewarding. I still can't figure that out. Like there's a warehouse full of food for children and they're like, nope, they haven't taken enough steps. We're not going to feed these children. <laughs> <laughs> like they don't get it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't entirely think that through. Uh, what kind of, uh, <laughs> what kind of cosplay? 
what kind of cosplay did you see then if there wasn't a bunch of Star Wars? I'm guessing it was a lot of like Mad Max. I, I myself just uh, scrolling through Twitter and Facebook saw a ton of Furiosas and uh, and War Boys There's running around. 8,000 Harley Quinns running around. And well, Bobby's, actually, Bobby's actually recording this episode dressed as a war boy. He has silver spay, spray paint all over his face. That would we be amazing. It. Isn't we that what he usually does? Episode, we should open every episode from now on with witness me. Like, <laughs> before any of yeah. us begins talking or making a crappy point about Star Wars, witness, witness me! me. Yes. And if you make a bad point, then we all get to chime in and go, ah, mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> I am a fan of this idea. But you're right. There were, it took me a little while to see like a Furiosa. And then once I saw one Furiosa, they were basically everywhere. Uh, several Nuxes. I didn't see an, uh, any Immortan Joes, which surprised me. Saw some Maxes. That was great. Saw yeah. a lot of Inside Out cosplay. Wow. Which was fun, especially that. I mean, that was pretty fast too. I saw great sadness who like had the attitude, was kind of walking around with slumped shoulders. Did you kick her? Because I hate that character. Oh, what? what? No, that's Mike. I hate I hate that character. <laughs> sadness was the hero of the movie. Sadness. If the movie wouldn't have happened, if one for sadness, well, I didn't know. I, I I don't like that attitude, Damien. I don't. Be happy. You yes, obviously you didn't learn any lesson from that movie. No, you can get to yeah. happiness through being sad. No, I'll just it's be okay. happy. I'll be half empty, and I'll be miserable some of the time, but with a happy so, attitude. Not touch Mike, things. Sadness is a pathway to many emotions some consider to be unnatural. It's also the pathway <laughs> to the dark side, Brian. Maybe. Yeah. What was uh, your favorite thing out of Comic-Con this year, Amy? My favorite thing. Like there if was you this said, moment. Yeah, let's hear it. sound quite cheesy. Saturday was, uh, by the time Saturday had come around, I'd had, you know, eight hours of sleep in the past two or three days. I was exhausted. There was a lot of work and I was just kind of dragging. And for some reason dragged my, oh no, I know. I specifically went to the exhibit hall because I wanted to see what toys Hasbro had revealed. I hadn't read anything about what Hasbro revealed on Friday. And I knew they'd had the new toys in their exhibit booth. So I went there to see that. And I was kind of shuffling through the exhibit hall. It's really crowded. I'm tired. I'm grumpy. And I walk into the Hasbro booth run into Steve Sansweet nice. and we start nerding out about, cause they have a beautiful display of the, the new first order tie fighter that they're the black <sighs> series when they're releasing and a huge amount of the, the stormtroopers surrounding it. And the new black series is so good. And the new black series Kanan and everything looks just so good. And we just start nerding out about star Wars and toys and that 10 to 15 minutes, like turn my day around and turn my frown upside down. And it's just one of those like little reminders that star Wars, what makes me so happy and connecting with fans makes me so happy. And just finding little moments like that, it just made my comic con wonderful. And, and and to, to have Steve be there with you, the person to be geeking out over the toys is perfect. I can't get any better than that. So enthusiastic and so into it. And it was, that was one of my favorite things all weekend. That's awesome. Well, that's what, that provides a pretty decent segue to uh, one of the other topics we wanted to talk about. Uh, specifically, the toys. Uh, Brian, uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, some of the toys that got announced at uh, San Diego Comic-Con and how ridiculously cool they are, as Amy just told us. Well, I think one of the biggest things that, that came out of the toy news is that there was that uh, vote, that fan choice vote that Hasbro was doing. They picked a number of fan sites and 
readers of those sites voted on what toys they wanted and starwars.com compiled all of those and there was a pretty big campaign to get some some female characters on that list uh and after all the voting was done all the gaming nerds had somehow found uh a much deeper well of support and uh so the top 2 were Darth Revan and Sabine yeah and oh. Sabine really needs a good action figure. The action figure they have of Sabine, her helmet doesn't come off. She doesn't have any articulation. And a Black Series figure of that character would be awesome. Darth Revan, yawn, been there, done that. No one cares. Oh, so much salt. <laughs> so salty. The sodium levels on this report just got so um, stronger. Though. So so they started voting on StarWars.com, and Darth Revan took the top spot. And Sabine by a pretty wide margin, took the second spot. And they announced while they were there that, yes, Darth Revan won. He'll be the fan choice uh, Black Series six-inch figure. But you're getting Sabine also. That's awesome. Now, this was that thing that a couple weeks ago that was on StarWars.com that I sent a picture to you. Of. That, that, that was that yeah. voting, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so there was a lot of other toy stuff, like like Amy said, they've got that black series Tie Fighter that they that they announced that looks just massive and gorgeous. Oh, I can't wait to own um, it. They've been they were selling those exclusive first order stormtroopers, uh, and they just went crazy selling those. I want to uh, ask uh, I want to ask a question about that Tie Fighter really quick. Um, I haven't looked into it too much because uh, of the four of us, I'm I'm the one that's probably the least. Uh, condition to be a collector uh, in this way. Although this sort of stuff fascinates me to no end, but I, I probably won't ever actually shell out the bucks to get these things. Um, the idea of the Black Series vehicles is that you can fit Black Series figures in them. So the vehicles end up having to be just big. by a matter of physics. Big. Yeah, they have to be right. really big. Like that TIE Fighter I saw a picture of, um, like a guy had had to use two hands to hold it up. You can't just grab the ball with one hand and palm it in the middle of a TIE fighter that palm that ball like you could with any of your other toys. You sort of have to use two hands and, and grab the stems and pretend to fly this thing around like a big uh, steering wheel. Um, are they going to make other vehicles in this line? And does that mean the Millennium Falcon we get is going to be roughly the size of like the USS flag from those old G.I. Joe days where it was a, basically a dinner table that was painted gray and you could land toy airplanes on it? Like, <laughs> how big can we get with this stuff feasibly? Well, they'll be like coffee tables is what, yeah. what it'll end up being. I'd buy a Star Destroyer coffee table. <laughs> it would I'd have buy a Millennium Falcon coffee table, dining room table, whatever. Well, I mean, like, you look at the scale of the vehicles, and it looks like, like, the Millennium Falcon is basically, like, two TIE fighters wide, right? Roughly? S sort of? Um, I'd say it's a little, maybe even a two and a half. It's, it's much wider. Like, could you but even... Could you even even longer. Yeah, yeah, could you even play with a toy that big? I guess that's sort of the thing. Like, at that point, it's got to be almost entirely at adult collectors because I can't even imagine a kid being able to hoist that thing, much less I can't. run around and pretend like he's flying it or she's, you know, swooping through a tunnel made of, you know, couch cushions and blankets. Like, I, I don't know how you play with something. And kids these days wouldn't appreciate it, Bobby. It's for us. <laughs> Go ahead, Brian. I'm sorry. No, it's just, uh, you know, kids have a hard enough time hoisting the size of Millennium Falcon that they have currently. Mm -hmm. And they've made two. They made they made the one that, that's the classic mold, and then they made one that's almost twice as large as that. And, uh, yeah, that's not something 
even at that size, uh, that's not something you can just lift up and play around with ease. But that was the one. It was like, we're going to make it so you can fit four characters in this three and three quarter inch environment in the cockpit. And uh, it's almost just too big to deal with. The power of the Force uh, Imperial Shuttle is uh, probably just a smidge shorter than this as far as height goes on the wings. And at least that comes with a handle to hold yeah. on to when you're trying to fly it around. This, this is definitely a, two, a two-handed vehicle. Well, the price point is interesting to me, too, because you're not quite into, you know, it is a bigger toy. It's Black Series. It's nicer. But you're not quite into sideshow collectibles or hot toys or any of that kind of quality. But you're paying... I think that tie that tie fighter is priced around one hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty dollars. That's a that's a lot of lawns to mow. Woo. It is, but if you look back to when the original ADAC came out, that wasn't much less than that. Oh, yeah. yeah, and I don't remember how much the uh, the GI Joe USS Flag was. I think that's what it was, right? That big old aircraft carrier. Yeah. I believe it was called the Flag. I don't know how much that was. That was always like. A dream. That was a thing that was never attainable. You knew that other kids could possibly get it, but there was no way you were like it, you just looked at it in the Sears catalog. You didn't even bother circling it. You just looked at it because you knew. <laughs> like, I'm not turning down this page. For me, it was uh, it was the uh, what was it? Was it Cybertron City in the oh, Transformers? Oh, Mega Supreme. Yeah, I Mega like, Supreme. Yeah. yeah. That oh, yeah, was, the, dream, uh, the dream with Transformers was Unicron, and there were prototypes made. Like Unicron stood like two and a half feet tall. And eventually they made their own Unicron toys later, but it was never quite the way that uh, kids back in like 1986, 87 really envisioned it. Like they envisioned like you walked into your Transformer. <laughs> like that's what they thought Unicron would end up being. Oh, no, it's just basically it takes up a room and you walk into it. You put all your other Transformers inside of Unicron. Like the kids thought it would be literally the biggest toy that would ever be made. I can't find a price on the USS Flag, Bobby, but right now just played with versions go anywhere from four to eight hundred dollars and new in box go for up to fourteen hundred dollars now so I'm, I'm guessing at the time it probably was about 150 dollars that's nuts see and you got to be careful with that too because uh like we're talking around the, the 80s uh mid 90s uh you know playing with toys i mean obviously it's still up there kids will never not want to play with toys but when you start getting around like $200, $250, at that point, you're like, maybe I should just get the kid a console. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're right <laughs> yeah, there in that price true. point. Yeah. So, like, once you get the price up too high, then it starts competing with things that toys just simply can't compete with. So you got you got to be a little bit careful. Doing that dance with the price point is uh, it's a very delicate dance. All right. So let, let's do this. Bobby, you're you're not a collector like we are. Uh, let mm. me do a poll with uh, Amy and Brian. Uh, how long after the TIE Fighter would be released would you find yourself purchasing it? Or if at all, maybe you don't have the room for it. I don't have the room for it. I don't necessarily think I do either. I would sit there and gawk at it at the store. I don't buy a whole lot of vehicles anymore. Like, they're just big. Um, I would probably buy a full-size ghost or a three-quarter-inch ghost uh, sooner than uh, sooner than a Black Series TIE Fighter. That. I could see that. I, I see have... That. I have a couple of TIE Fighters. Like, I don't need another one. I need that one. The new paint job, just the size of it. I've kind of designed the new room around a place for that, <laughs> you know? Uh, have, they, <laughs> have they said, uh, I mean, I got to imagine X-Wings are coming and the, and the Popsicle ship uh, that Ray rides around on on Jakku has got to be coming as well. But I mean, like, have they said what other vehicles are coming as part of the Black Series uh, vehicle line? 
Uh, I don't believe so. I don't, they've yeah, still got a actually. lot of announcements. And um, one interesting thing that I'm actually very grateful for is that I'm reading that there's not going to be on the packaging that comes out on Force Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to have a lot of biographical information about the characters whatsoever. Uh, Ray and Finn are still going to be Sans' uh, last names. Um, they're, they're, I think they learned their Darth Tyrannus lesson. Ah. Yeah. Ryan, was it for Rebels or what was it the release for that really, really big uh, X-Wing that was out like the, the last year and a half? They had a Target and Toys R Us. It's like a really flimsy version of it. I got um, I got the Millennium Falcon version of that on clearance, and it was not anywhere near as cool as I wanted it to be. Yeah, um, They're just giant and extraordinarily lightweight. Mm-hmm. So it's the biggest Millennium Falcon I have. And I could probably lift it with one finger. It's just really light, but it doesn't do anything. Yeah, I couldn't get behind that X-Wing. This is when I was buying the 31-inch figures, and it just was too big, too plasticky, too light. I just didn't have a need for it. Yeah, and I just, I don't like the giant line. I don't know why they went, I they they had the three and three-quarter inch line, and they said, okay, you know what will make this better? Let's shrink them and make our little green army men out of them, and let's expand them and make you know, 30 inch figures out of them. And I just never really cared for either of those. I like my three and three quarter inch action figures. I like that new three and three quarter inch action figures can play with my old three and three quarters inch action figures. And, uh, I'm just, that's the size I'm stuck with. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna change. Uh, you don't change horses midstream. (laughs) One more thing that I found this week that I think is pretty cool that you guys might like. Um, I was looking for stands for the three and three quarter inch action figures and they, I found this set, and it comes and has Star Wars written on it, and then it also comes with uh, stickers on the inside that has names for all of the three and three quarter inch figurines. So you could put it right on the the plaque, right on the stand. I thought that was pretty cool, and it was only like eight bucks. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, I'll have to send you a link, Amy. So, um, I, I I would like to while we're on toys, really quick, I'd like to ask what is the one figure uh, each of you would buy. Uh, or are most interested in putting on a shelf or your desk or your workspace from this new batch of imagery that we've seen from The Force Awakens? Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to defer to you guys first, so that way I can come up with the best possible answer and sound super smart. <laughs> um, correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong. Um, there is not a, a Captain Phasma one coming out yet that has been announced. Is that correct? Uh, not that I know of, yeah. but I'm not even talking about something that's been announced, just something you've Captain seen Phasma. from the course of... Yeah, I think that was my answer also. I, or BB-8. It's, if, if it was a remote control version of BB-8, it would be a really close battle, but Phasma looks so damn cool. I just want BB-8 and Captain Phasma to go off on adventures together on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> that's a spinoff movie, Brian. Yeah, let's do yeah. it. <laughs> what about Captain you? Phasma. Minor Captain Phasma and BB-8, too. It just looks so cool. I mean, BB-8's adorable, and Captain Phasma looks like a badass in the chrome armor. Like, yes, I want that on my... I want that everywhere. Yeah. I want I want Rey and her popsicle ship. 
I want her actually on the popsicle ship with her goggles down. And so uh, it looks when, when I set it on my desk at work. So it goes next to the tie interceptor and the X-wing that uh, someone gave me when they found it in a garage. sale. I'm like, hey, I thought of you. And I'm like, wow, free Star Wars toys. OK, um, I Isn't can that set- the best thing about being a Star Wars fan, oh, like yeah. the Star Wars fan. Everybody's like, hey, I saw this at a garage sale, picked it up for you. And it's like, I always wanted an Imperial shuttle. Yeah, like that's how I got that uh the hollow chest table that I have with the little plastic figurines. You, yeah, someone was like, hey, I saw this at a garage sale, so I got it for you. Boom. I was like, whoa, I still don't know how to play this, and I probably never will, but I mean, I can set it somewhere, and it, it looks like I'm a more interesting person now. It's my favorite <laughs> thing in the world. I, I love that so much. I mean, it, it makes you feel like you've made your mark as a Star Wars fan that people know that, <laughs> and then it also makes you humble that people are, are thinking of you as that Star Wars fan. But I think I want Ray on the popsicle ship mostly because it, it'll give my desk a sense of motion. Like I can always just look to the side <laughs> if I'm bored and it's, oh, well, there she, there she goes. She's full steam ahead. And so it always feel like my desk is somehow moving. It's Wouldn't not she just need her stationary. goggles up to go full speed ahead, though? No, you want to put them down so you don't get a whole bunch of sand. Oh, I thought you meant down off her face. I, I don't like sand. I bet no. she doesn't either. It's coarse. It's rough. It's irritating. It gets she gets in all the wrong places. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that, that killed that conversation. Well, speaking of the Black Series, I did want to talk about this because this sort of flared up in the past week. And it's, it was sort of a humorous story. But on the other hand, there are, there are some things that maybe have uh, – there's maybe a little bit of conversational meat on this bone. Uh, a Black Series figure, uh, Slave Leia was at the center of some controversy. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was. Recently, a, uh, I, I forget which state it was, but uh, a guy was walking down the toy, lot, toy aisle with his children. Uh, and saw Slave Leia, Black Black Series Slave Leia, up on the shelf, and uh, was like, Ugh, "What the?" And went and complained. And uh, news stations found out that he complained uh, about this thing being on shelves, and they went and interviewed him and talked to him. Um, and I know uh, a couple other Star Wars podcasts and a few other Star Wars sites uh, responded to this uh, in a sort of a "What the? Who the? I mean the." And uh, I un- I understand that that aspect to it. I do. I want to see what you guys what what your takes are on the fact that there's a guy in 2015 who uh, who apparently takes great umbrage at the idea of that slave Leia costume being available on shelves and marketed towards children. It's it's interesting to me that I think it was a poor decision for them to. I think that was the first black series Leia they made was a slave Leia. That's an annoying thing that's kind of separate, but kind of not because it, it was so bad that it's warming pegs and that's yeah. what in targets everywhere. Pretty much the only black series toy that's available in targets that I've seen. And this guy was saying it made him blush like his, you know, whatever year old young girl asked about like, why does it say slave? But I'm like, <laughs> I get where you're coming from. I get it. But I also at the same point think he meant, I think, the articles mentioned he'd seen Star Wars. I'm like, this is not anything shocking. Like, if it, Slave Leia is almost on the level of Darth Vader, like, I feel like people know what that character is, that that's what we call her for better or worse. I think maybe, I don't think we're ever going to call her Metal Bikini Leia. I don't no. think that's going to change. And that's there's certainly, I don't think, going to change it for packaging. So, I think what made the aspect that made it ridiculous for me is I kind of sort of get where he's coming from, but only because I'm annoyed that that, that, action figures even exist because I'm over Slay Leia action figures, Slay Leia of Mar- everything. And but what annoys me is like kind of the media like just kind of ran with it and blew it up into this huge like sensing I mean which is what media does, but that was kind of the aspect that like, oh this awful figure made him blush. It's made it sound so, you know, so 
what is the word? So sensational. And so like his life has been changed by seeing this figure. He will never be the same again. And that kind of aspect I guess, of that is what annoyed me. Yeah. My, my frustration with it is that the media, like people have been complaining and rightly so, including us on the show that there needs to be a wider array of female Star Wars action figures. And that's been a pretty steady drumbeat. And it's frustrating to me that that the media descended on this dude clutching his pearls. And like we've been talking about this for a while, and the only media outlets that are talking about it are ours. Yeah. I, I you know, for me, I, I'm kind of with you, Amy. I'm over it. Uh, all the cosplay for it and the figurines and stuff like that. So we were having a discussion two nights ago, me, Ariana, and Anya, and it wasn't about the figure, but it was just about Leia in general. We were going through the card trader, me and Anya, and Endor Speeder Leia or Hoth Leia is my favorite Leia, like one of those two. So if I want a figurine, I, that's what I want. It's so, But for this guy to be... I don't know. It just seems like it, it was overly done just to get the attention to it. And then you're right. Then the media jumps on it. Um, I, I question him as a person. Like, is that all he has to complain about? Like, what other problems does he have? It's something I'm I'm I've been curious about, too, that like Slave Leia has been a part of the popular culture since 1983. And it always seems to draw like really weird attention. Like I've literally watched a woman uh, dressed as slave Leia get kicked out of a convention for being immodest. Mm. Um, so like, I don't know, like it may absolutely. We probably, we probably don't need any more slave Leia toys. And so he's right on some degree, but the, the time to be complaining about her existing is probably over. Yeah. Yeah, like the statute, the statute of limitations uh, <laughs> is is more or less done and has been since 1983. Uh, and, and that's sort of unfortunate because I do believe there there's something to say, as you guys just all very uh, ably proved. Uh, there's something to say about taking uh, good, strong heroines uh, and then sort of making them into fetish objects, which is exactly how Slave Leia got popularized in the 90s and early 2000s anyway, when people started talking about Star Wars uh, in the media, thanks to stuff like Clerks uh, and Friends. And uh, people started being fooled into thinking that Star Wars was somehow a geek property uh, because, you know, people looking for uh, quick, easy pop culture references were able to start filtering them into their scripts and their screenplays. Uh, and so I think... What ended up happening with the Slave Leia imagery wasn't just, you know, basic titillation, which is obviously the main reason we've got her in a gold bikini anyway. We're using the excuse of the slug to put Carrie Fisher into something super skimpy so we can stick it on a poster and hopefully grandpa will get a little bit more excited when he has to go see the kids movie <laughs> with its... Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, on the other hand, I, I definitely think the story gets promoted simply because... Uh, how is this guy so culturally unaware that the sight of the Princess Leia toy on shelves uh, has him complaining to a manager somewhere? Like, what more, rock did he live under all these years? Yeah. yeah I mean, 
and, and that's and I think that's why it ended up getting popularized. Not so much because people wanted to, you know, discuss how weird it is that uh, children are being sold toys uh, of of women in bondage gear from a children's show from the 80s. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think they wanted to talk about that so much. They wanted to talk about the idea of this Rip Van Winkle in a toy <laughs> aisle somewhere. Just question marks popping out all over his forehead along with beads of sweat. Like, how do I explain to my children how we exploited our our film actors? back in the 80s i don't understand um it's a different like he, time timmy it was a different time yeah like he doesn't want to have to be in the car on the ride home trying to explain that this is why carrie fisher had a coke habit like he doesn't <laughs> want to get into all of that he just wants to get the kid a toy <laughs> and pacifier in the back seat so there's less noise on the drive home right so i mean i kind of understand where he's coming from but on the other hand i also don't know why it needed to be uh, a three or four day narrative but this isn't even the only story that's come about because of that stupid slave Leia costume that has almost overwritten the entire character of Leia Organa herself in pop culture. Uh, Amy Schumer has a movie coming out. Uh huh. Actually, it's it's out now. It's called Trainwreck. Uh, and as a means to sort of advertise it, uh, but mostly to do a profile on Amy Schumer herself, uh, GQ magazine uh, went ahead and put her on the cover. Uh, under a uh, headline that basically said something like the funniest people in the galaxy. And they stuck Amy Schumer on the front of it. They stuck Amy Schumer on the front of it in a slave Leia costume. Mm -hmm. They stuck Amy Schumer on the front of it in a slave Leia costume, sucking on C-3PO's finger. As you do. No, you don't. But but do you? (laughs) No, you don't. (laughs) And then I don't think anyone has ever looked at 3PO and said, man, Mm. I bet he's a (laughs) wonderful lover. I'm going to suck on his finger. He's a tender no. lover, is what he is, apparently. Very tender. I mean, there, was that, there was that one tops card, but that was very uncomfortable. <laughs> it wasn't tender in that one. But no, there, yeah, there was a lot of uh, the, the photo shoot itself. It was uh, her mm-hmm. with a 3PO and R2, and she's feeling up R2. And then the, I actually did like the, uh, the uh, chorus line with the stormtroopers. That was a cool picture. Yeah, but, uh, but but there seems to be a, a bit of a controversy going around uh, about that as well. Uh, Lucasfilm had to uh, make a statement saying they didn't actually approve of this. Uh, some people are wondering if lawsuits are coming about. Uh, there are quite a few fans uh, who are now themselves grasping at pearls. Like, oh, gone catching the vapors at the idea that Amy Schumer uh, might have had sex with R2-D2 and C-3PO, which is ridiculous. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> That it's so, actually that it's actually a concern uh, is is freaking some no. people. I, I so, yeah, I want to know what you guys think about the fact that GQ uh, incorporated uh, Star Wars characters into their photo shoot. Uh, whether or not there's a, a level of inappropriateness that has been tripped over. And keep in mind, we just roundly mocked a man for looking at Princess Leia. Uh, in bondage gear and responding negatively. So I want to see what you guys think about this entire GQ magazine blow up. All right, maybe it's going to make me a hypocrite. Um, I, 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 I don't care either way with this one. The, uh, <laughs> uh, the, like I said, I did like one of the pictures, the idea of it. It's it, to me, it's more uh, trying to, to jump on how popular star Wars has been over the years and is right now with episode seven coming. So trying to get more people to get the magazine because she's mixed up with star Wars. Um, but, but again, if I really sit down and think about it, which I won't, because again, I really don't care much either way. So maybe that makes me a hypocrite over how I feel about the other thing. I just, one more thing I wanted to bring up about the slave Leia uh, figurine. I, I think I told you guys this, but I wanted to say it again. 
I'm more offended by the face on that thing than I am what she's it's wearing. Horrible skulls. Yeah, it's it's horrible. Anyway, Amy, what do you think about Amy Schumer? Oh, you know, I I think the most interesting part of it for me is that they didn't use like Ruby's costumes, like the costumes that they used for like three PO and any character that was in it. Like they look screen accurate. They look like to the point where you're like, oh, this has to be Lucasfilm approved, which doesn't make any sense. But these costumes look so good. Yeah. So that aspect of it was, it's, it very much seems to me just like a cash grab. The pictures, like, they don't offend me. I don't think they're, like, super hilarious or creative. Yeah. But they don't offend me. Like, I'm, like, fine, have fun with Star Wars. But it's the, I don't, I can't really, I feel like, fault anybody for this. But I feel like, hey, Star Wars is popular right now. Let's use that to sell our magazines. Yeah. And people will pick this up because it says Star Wars. And I don't like that, but I don't, like, they're a business and they like to make money. So, I don't feel exploited or anything. And there might be a lawsuit, and then GQ is going to have to suffer well, the consequences. There's, there's not going to be a lawsuit. No, because it's parody, right? Yeah, right or right or wrong, she has the right to uh, create parody and satire. It's the same way as uh, Kevin Smith got away with uh, the the Star Wars porno in oh, Zach and Oh yeah, yeah. Or. Uh, you know, there's 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 a lot of leeway for her to get away with it and not have to pay Lucasfilm for the licensing rights. But where Lucasfilm has every right to be upset is that they have created images that don't jive with what they're what Star Wars Brand. is or stands for. And the stories become Lucasfilm is pissed. Well, they're probably mildly annoyed, but they didn't actually even release a statement there was just a few, there was like six tweets that yeah. they tweeted at people saying like, nope, we didn't approve this. Sorry. Like we feel this way. And of course it was an inappropriate use of their intellectual property. And I think people are focusing in on that use of the, the word inappropriate mm-hmm. and trying to say Lucasfilm, Lucasfilm's a bunch of prudes, but I think it was inappropriate in they appropriated this without asking us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, to, to clarify, I don't think that the uh, the cover shoot uh, or the the tone of the overall article rundown in general was Amy Schumer's idea. I don't, I don't think I think it was GQ. I think GQ I think so was. Too. Yeah, I don't I don't think she had much of much to to do with it. Like maybe when they got her on set with whoever it was in inside the costumes, she was like, "Hey, how about I suck on three PO's finger?" Like I can see her pulling that and, mm-hmm. them, and them going, "Oh, okay, yeah, that's a good shot. We'll run that as the cover." Uh, but I don't think she like approached GQ like, hey, uh, in order for you to uh, sort of promote my movie without me having to pay you to promote my movie, uh, here's a great idea. Um, I smoke cigarettes in bed with C-3PO and R2-D2. Doesn't that sound doesn't that sound like something you want to you want to put in your magazine? Doesn't that sound doesn't that sound cool? Um, I don't I don't think that's how that that particular deal went down. Um, I know that there are some Star Wars fans out there whose major complaint with this. Uh, is that uh, 3PO and R2 were in a very, very famous uh, anti-smoking PSA, and seeing them uh, in bed with uh-huh. Amy Schumer openly smoking is just very. <gasps> I was not canon. I no. was actually that was actually the part that <laughs> Could you I cannon guard. <laughs> um, when I saw the pictures that they were smoking, um, that was something that actually that's the thing that kind of made me feel like wow, this is more weird than any of the rest of it um, because. <laughs> Because Lucasfilm has pretty definitively, yeah, done PSAs against smoking. They've actively um, 
chased people with litigation for anything that has to do with alcohol and the Star Wars brand, and they have since the beginning. Um, and uh, so it was, and I guess maybe that was the point of GQ. It's like, well, you know, nobody's ever seen this before, and and that's because Lucasfilm guarded that so jealously. I just don't see them getting. Does it really buy them or the movie she's promoting any goodwill? I don't know. I I, I don't think that uh, they went right with the smoking thing because why would C three PO use a blowtorch when uh, R two D two could clearly light her cigarette with one of his gadgets? I. <laughs> Although I'll, this this is sort of now this is completely off topic, but uh, I, w- I want to ask you guys if you know, if you know the answer because in the thirty seven years that I've been on this earth, it's, it's never occurred to me, and I I don't have firsthand experience with it. What what's the point of smoking after you have sex? I don't get it. Chuck Wendig's aftermath, which is the <laughs> first new canon story that takes place after the events of Return of the Jedi, they released the first three uh, three chapters. And uh, I'm wondering if you guys had a chance to read them. Uh, and if so, uh, can we talk about them? Because I read them and enjoyed them very, very much. And uh, if you haven't, let me tell you about it. Tell me about it. I've seen some comments on Facebook, and uh, some people were not pleased. And I want to know what you think. Amy, Bobby, had either of you looked at it yet? Uh, I, I have it. a Yeah, uh, Amy read it. I have a general idea of what happens. I didn't actually read uh, the whole thing, basically because when it was a when I saw the article that told me that it was available, that article then also uh, summed up almost every single pertinent detail uh, in the first three chapters. So I was like, well, I guess I don't have to. So, you know, good job, clickbait writer. Yours is the only click that I've spent on this particular story. You meant you did the Internet correctly. Good job. So I. I know what happens in the three chapters. I just didn't read them. There are there are three big things. I think that the three big takeaways that I enjoyed most. Uh, first, that you'll probably hear most people talk about is that Wedge is back, and Wedge is a very important character for reasons that uh, might mystify some who haven't read any of the books. Um, and he is, you know, probing the galaxy for uh, Imperial strongholds. Um, so that's that's pretty important. Two, uh, the one thing I don't think I've heard a lot about, but uh, um, the Imperial officer at the beginning of the book is the Imperial officer in uh, uh, Sloan, I believe her name is, from John Jackson Miller's A New Dawn. Okay. Uh, the third biggest thing is that they go immediately, um, one of the biggest scenes happens in Return of the Jedi, uh, an event that we saw on screen, pulling down Palpatine's statue. Now, when we first heard The Force Awakens happening and that the Empire wasn't really defeated, that was one of those sticking moments for me, like, well, wait a second. We saw this in the special edition. Uh, Them pulling down the statue and throwing stormtroopers off the the railings. And, um, you know, Coruscant seems free. Well, Chuck Wendig ruins all of that in all the best ways, of course. <laughs> but uh, they've got the protesters there, and it, it's sort of through the eyes of this like family, like a father and son, and they're throwing rocks at uh, Imperials, and Imperials just kind of start opening fire on the crowds. And uh, it's awful and <laughs> kind of provoked it a really visceral reaction in me. And it took something that... Um, for me was one of my favorite like uh moments of relief in return of the jedi the first time i saw 
the Coruscant celebration in the special edition, it was the first time, um, like as a teenager on the cusp of adulthood that I actually like, uh, cried tears of joy for the freedom of the, the galaxy. Right. Yeah, like I remember it was you the talking about time, that. Yeah. It was the first time, like the ending of that movie really connected with me because before that it was just like, wow, teddy bears dancing. Awesome. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Galaxy you don't get must, a sense of scope, yeah. Yeah, you don't you don't get that sense of scale whatsoever. But uh, watching them pull Palpatine's statue down on Coruscant was one of those moments that just it hit me right in the right place. And then Wendig turning that and turning it on its ear makes me very excited for this era of storytelling beyond Return of the Jedi that we're gonna get. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Amy, what do you think about uh, the, this this turn of events that the uh, party that we saw at the end of the special edition uh, lasts just about as long as we saw it in the special edition before everything goes to hell? Uh, this sounds like a harsh way to put it, but I, I like that. I like knowing that it's not it because there is in no I way. I you're an Imperial. Uh, and <laughs> my rebel tattoo is gone. No, I just it's realistic. Like it can't be an instant victory. Just because you wipe out, you know, the, the the proverbial the proverbial head or whatever, you still have a whole body to deal with, and the empire is it's a big bone giant body with with people everywhere. And Palpatine had a lot of influence over the entire galaxy, so it can't be we defeat them and this is the end we want. So it it pleases me, even though it sounds cruel to say, to see that it is a struggle that the empire is going to fight back, that it's going to be a while before the rebels really win that war and there's a couple of you know actually in that section that brian referred to there's this great quote that i'm going to butcher but it's basically along the lines of you know this is just the beginning it's never just one war it's several wars like broken up into bite-sized pieces and it never ends and that's depressing as hell but also makes sense and yeah totally you know so i'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out and how you know, I don't anticipate on the road to The Force Awakens, you know, 30, 30 years, uh, which Wendig is now writing, a there's a trilogy of books and Aftermath is the first one. I don't, I don't think the war is really going to end at any point. That's a very fascinating concept to me. Yeah, I'm curious to check out Wendig's trilogy simply because and I referred to it as such on the last podcast, but it sounds like he's in the, uh, the Timothy Zahn seat for this new canon. Like yeah. He, he gets to do the the trilogy that is set almost directly after Return of the Jedi and sort of set the stage for what happens post victory uh, at Endor. And I'm really curious to see where he will steer that particular ship as opposed to where Zahn steered it. Because, I mean, the way Zahn took it uh, is almost, you know, untouchable at this point. Like there are still people, even though that stuff is in Legends, there are still people who consider that uh, to be their Star Wars. And there are, there's probably a small subsect of fans uh, for whom those books were their introduction. Like the, it gets no more Star Wars than those books uh, for them. And I'm really curious to see where he takes that same sort of uh, fertile ground and, well, uh, and, and what, sort of, uh, what sort of plants he can grow out of that loam. One thing I think this spells the uh, death knell, or I hope it does, for people expecting them to just undo the special editions. Well, actually, this seems like it opens the door for a, a, one of the, a reversion. Like we talked, we've talked. Well, before. no, it's 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 a revision, yeah. But I mean, he's taking this scene from the special edition that's 
very uniquely the special edition, something we've seen in the movies a lot, mm-hmm. and they're adding value to that to try. And in my view, it seems like it's something where it's like, no, we're going to try to win people over to what the canon is yeah, versus but, what I mean, they might think it to be. But this seems to sort of like stick a wedge in the door. Like we've talked about it before. The, uh, the is that a pun? No. <laughs> no, it, it, just, it just flows. It just flows, baby. I'm on a roll. Um, like we've talked about the, the possibility of reversions existing um, and that we had heard about reversions happening on the 4K cuts when we weren't actually supposed to hear about them uh, because of mistakes made by uh, entertainment journalists who didn't do some of their research and ended up accidentally blowing secrets that they weren't supposed to be talking about. Um, and we know that some reversions appear to be on the table for whenever we get another home video release. Um, the fact that aftermath almost immediately takes the sort of you know galaxy-wide celebration that we saw uh in in the special editions or just basically in the original trilogy now there's no reason to call them the special editions just in the original trilogy um and undercuts them instantly uh makes me wonder if maybe we're not going to see a bunch of those celebrations anymore like maybe those were maybe that reversion is on the table now because it seems part of the problem with that with that scene from a critical standpoint for me is that return of the jedi was never a film necessarily built to carry the weight that those new endings give it with the zamfir pan flutes and the going to different uh planets and watching people shout Wisa free and and you know tatooine is throwing itself a party as if emperor palpatine ever meant anything to them anyway and you know like that whole sequence was there to sort of give return of the jedi a bit more serious tone a bit more weightiness so that the fact that it is the end of the star wars saga or it was at that time uh isn't being capped off by something like teddy bears dancing but now that we know that it's not the end, Return of the Jedi doesn't have to carry that weight anymore. And I'm wondering if because it doesn't have to carry that weight anymore, some of the stuff that got added to the ending might get taken out in these 4K versions. Like, again, I, I, I want to qualify. We're never going to get the theatricals. This is it's not, it's this not is what happen. I this is what I love about Full of Sith is that Bobby and I just outlined completely rational explanations for both of our points of view based on the same data set mm-hmm. and you yeah. have no you have no idea what to believe now you're like could could bobby be right could brian be right who knows we'll see when they release these movies personally i just feel that they were celebrating that uh, the death star 2 is blown up the emperor's gone darth vader's not around anymore people are allowed to um celebrate a victory in a battle it doesn't mean that the war is over well, and it, right. sort of makes, it sort of makes sense for it to happen on Coruscant, but some of the other planets, I don't know if it if it makes necessarily that much sense for the word to have gotten out. Uh, like Tatooine, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, like, like I don't know if Tatooine should be partying. You know what I'm saying? Cloud City should be. That garrison was awful. <laughs> they were cheering for Luke. He was a hometown boy in Tatooine. It was like if Tom Brady lived in your town and he won the Super Bowl, you'd throw him a ticker tape parade. The change I want to see, the change I want to see to the ending in Return of the Jedi is I want Wilro Hood. Yeah. I want to see Wilro Hood like with his ice cream. <laughs> eating a bowl of ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just eating a bowl of ice cream in the front of the Oh yeah. He's got his foot up. He's got his foot up on a porch railing. He's in a rocking chair. His ice cream maker right next to him. He doesn't even have a bowl. He's just scooping a big wooden spoon directly into the ice cream maker, spooning it into his face with the most satisfied grin. And, you know, whatever the, the Zamfir pan flutes are going, you know, I mean, that's that's what I want to see. That, I'm with you, Brian. So we found some common ground. See, there we go. Again, based on the same data set. 
based on the same data set, we we wound up with ice cream maker guy on a porch somewhere, like a Bartles and James ad, spooning <laughs> ice cream into his face. It's, it sounds rational to me, Bobby. No, it's the ma- it's the magic of full of Sith. True. <laughs> again, again, a Bartles and James reference goes one step further to prove we are the old man. Star yeah, Wars he, he could have said Zima, but he went all the way back to Bartles and James. Bartles and James. <laughs> oh, wine boy. coolers for everybody. Oh yeah, Seagram's wine coolers. Seagram's golden wine coo. That's that's a one percenter right there. There's some dude who is 39 <laughs> years old. Just the one guy listening right now that just went. <gasps> I remember that commercial. That's for you, buddy. Thumbs up. Um, so uh, are you all going to be reading Aftermath? Is it something you're going to wait till after the movie? Or are you going to jump into it as soon as it comes out? I'm going to read I'm it when it get, comes out. Yeah, I'm going to read it as soon as it comes out. I feel like stuff like this, um, not only is it safe for you to read before the movie comes out, but I get the sense that it's intended for you to read it before the movie comes out. That's um, the sense I yeah. got, too. Yeah, like I, I'm a big fan of uh, consuming things in the order uh, that, 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 that they come like, you know, if aftermath comes out before the force awakens, uh, there's no reason for me to wait until after the force awakens to read aftermath. Like they, they want me to read it now. I'll just, I'll go ahead and read it now. <laughs> I have, can we make it a homework assignment, Brian, when it does come out? Yeah, let's do it. Let's make sure we do it for the show and I'll make sure, uh, I'll, I'll try to make sure we all get some copies beforehand so we can do it like on release. That'd be uh, excellent. Oh, yeah. Who knows? Maybe someone is already listening to this and they're like, we're going to make it happen. But what you do is what we told Amy to do. Just go for it. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Yeah, I'll ask. That's simple. And I want Amy to know that the next time something like this happens, you think about us, you know, encouraging you to do that. Yeah. Yeah, Mike, Mike, Brian and Bobby all is dressed in like uh, red leotards with pitchforks. (laughs) I don't need to picture that. No, no, no. Just the, the audio. Amy, that's fine. The audio of us saying, do it. Just do it. We're all little devils on your show. Nobody needs to see me in red tights, Brian. Nobody needs to see that. Bobby could have sold that one better than I could. If I'm sorry, I won't. I won't. I look look good in a red leotard. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I don't don't think anybody really looks good in a red leotard. Yeah. I have a great ass. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Sir, it's like a shelf back there. Wow, this is everybody back this week. This has been pretty exciting. It's all over the place, isn't it? I wonder if we're all drunk. No. 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 No, I haven't had anything either, which makes me, I don't know. We're drunk on everybody being back at the same time. We're drunk on Star Wars, you guys. Although, kids, if you're listening, uh, don't get drunk. Um, It's bad. Or smoke in bed. Don't do that either. Unless it's on Star Wars. It's okay to get drunk on Star Wars, just not alcohol. Up with hope and down with dope, kids. Yes, yes. That's how we learned about it. From MC Hammer and Friends. Every time I hear Bobby say you guys, I hear Cartman in my head. Say, you guys. You guys. Every time. Up and up and down with up, you guys. Any other thing we have to touch up on this week, Brian? I'm not looking at the list anymore. Um, I, I think the other thing is uh, just that Lando contest, I, I think, is, yes. has been going well. And people, I would like to make a clarification for it. If you don't listen to us on iTunes, don't feel obligated to get onto iTunes to do that. Leave a review wherever it is that you download it or, or just send us an email, your website or send us a nice email, go on our website and leave a nice comment on, on the episode yeah. that you're listening to. Here's the thing. We uh, got a great, uh, great amount of response to that. It was a great idea, Brian. Um, if you're listening to the show and you're interested in seeing what other people wrote, it's right there on iTunes. Go look us up. Look at the newest reviews. There's a lot of great ones there. I thank everybody for all those great. I mean, there are some in-depth, really great 
reviews on there. There also have been people that emailed me and they said, hey, I want to get my review up. My computer's down or I'm not around. I can't do it on my phone. Just a couple different excuses. And I don't like excuses, people. No, I have no problem with excuses. So what we're going to do is we're going to go one more week with this so everybody can get their you know, get their reviews in and everybody has been listening to, to the rules. They emailed us what their handle was and uh, what the review was. And, and if you guys haven't gotten a chance to uh, go read them yet, please do because Amy, Brian, Bobby, they, they say wonderful, nice things. And we asked for honest reviews and I think that they were pretty honest. I appreciate that. Yeah. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll let this weekend go with that too. So uh, probably Thursday or Friday of next week is when I will contact everybody who has done it and I will get your addresses and I will ship those comics out to you. If you've done it already, I'll probably contact you this weekend yet. So as you're hearing this, you probably might've heard from me already, but um, besides that, the other contact information for the show that is always on our website, fullsith.com, but I'll read to you now in case you're just driving in the car and you want to call uh, the voicemail line, 206-426-5592. Or if you're on the website, it's right there's the SpeakPipe app. You can try that. And then you can go to on the website and find our contact information, like our Twitter at Full of Sith, at the mic, at Swankmatron, at Amy underscore geek. Facebook.com slash Full of Sith is a page on Facebook that you should like. Tens of thousands of people have done it already, and um, Bobby puts stuff up there. Brian does show notes and pictures and all those kind of things, news and all that. And then Holocron at FullOfSith.com is where you can contact us. Does anybody want to tell them anything else where you can find you or the things that you do? Uh, the new issue of Insider has cool stuff in it, um, including a inter- couple interviews by me. So pick that up. That'll be great. You should pick it up. I plan to. Brian, anything big happening on your horizon? Um, I'm still like, I've got, so, like, I just turned in a whole bunch of Star Wars Insider articles, and uh, I don't think they'll be in the next issue, but the ones after, um, some really, really fun stuff. So I'm excited for, for people to uh, check that out. And as always, I know Amy and I both have stuff coming out pretty regularly on StarWars.com. And uh, I mean, Amy's picked up a whole bunch of new outlets. I can't even keep up with her anymore. She's a beast. The writing beast. beast. Yes. Um, I do want to promote that at the, uh, I think it's the 1st of August, the first Saturday of the end of this month. So the beginning of next month, we're going to do another crossover show with coffee with Kenobi. And it's going to be interesting. It's going to be half of the crossover is going to be on our show and half will be on their show. So we're doing something a little different and that's something to look forward to. So if you have questions or anything that you'd like the, the group of us all to answer, please get those emails into us beforehand and Bobby, anything you got going on? Did you have any new geek remixes or anything? No, I'm just uh I'm just me. Just enjoying the life. I'm just me, baby. Yeah. Just live in a I'm red just, just, leotard. Oh, yeah. yeah. Envision me next time. I will. I'm gonna make I'm gonna draw something tonight. Um sitting on a porch drinking a Bartles and James yeah. in his red leotard <laughs> with his pitchfork propped up against the door. Damn my kids get off pitchfork. my lawn. Um yeah. For me, if you follow me on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, you can see the art that we hung up in the, the new game room. Um, all I got to do, and it's going to be after the show, I'm going to take start taking out some toys and put them on shelves. The room is basically done, and I am thankful it's done because it seems like we've been doing it for years, but it's only been about two months, but we're happy it's done. We were very pleased. So anything else, uh, get it into us, email, voicemail, Facebook all those contact places and in the meantime we'll be here next week amy you're gonna be with us next week too yes and excellent bobby you too 
Yes. And Brian is off. No, Brian's here too. All right. That's cool. Episode 124 full of Sith for my amazing co-hosts, who I would not trade for anything except maybe that big TIE fighter, but maybe not. Uh, Amy Ratcliffe, Brian Young, Bobby Roberts. I'm the Mike Pilot. May the Force be with you. Always. If you're not be meeting me, I'll close down for a while.